0: Going Further and Higher, Shakespeare Martino's podcast in which we discuss topical or indeed long-running themes in higher and further education. My name is Smita Jaundar and I'm partner and head of education here at Shakespeare Martino and in today's episode we're discussing a subject that conspires to be topical, long-running, difficult and important all at the same time and that's cybersecurity. Luckily to make sense of it all I'm joined by my colleague Mike Wills, Mike is Director of Strategy and Policy at our sister company, CSS Assure, which specializes in advising on managing risks relating to cyber and data. So Mike, the um, last JISC survey of the sector, which came out at the end of last year, highlighted a number of really interesting things about the sector's relationship with cybersecurity. And firstly, it was clear that the majority, but not all of those responding, saw it as a key risk and a strategic priority. Um, secondly, despite this, the majority weren't confident that they were handling it all that well. Um, and thirdly, I think it was recognized that the measures that were needed to manage it could be seen as quite complex and expensive. So from your point of view, what do you think makes universities and colleges such an attractive target for cyber criminals?
1: Uh, well, good morning, Sweet, and thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. Um, cyber is clearly one of my favourite subjects, so I'm <laughs> delighted to be able to talk with you and your listeners on this. Um, and the first thing I'll, I'll start off by saying is cybersecurity is now a life skill, and it's pervasive across our whole world. So not just uh, business or education or universities or higher education, further education, but us as individuals. And that's a really important point alone. We shouldn't compartmentalize this. We should realize that it would affect us in every day uh, in shapes and forms that we still don't don't realize or don't recognize. But in order to answer your question, it's really important to understand what what motivates cyber criminals. And at the end of the day, they are criminals, including the title. They want a payday from this. Otherwise, there's no point in doing this. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They're here to to get a transaction. Um, And because of that, universities are highly attractive targets, opportunities to them for a number of reasons. Um, firstly, there's a significant amount of people there, whether that are students or the teaching or the faculty staff, support and admin staff, be it donors, be it, um, you know, supplies and forms of company. And where there are people, there is personal data. And where there's personal data, there's opportunities because cyber criminals can steal that uh, and then they can sell it on the dark web um, and other criminals can get hold of it and they can start to use that to target individuals through identity theft, maybe, or, or other things. So people is the fundamental interest um, to cyber criminals. Then there, there are other opportunities there as well. When you consider the amount of uh, research, R&D, and the, the intellectual property that are developed within university, that's highly attractive, again, because this is at the cutting edge of technology or you know future commerce, um, and criminals recognise that that's uh, is valuable to someone. So again, it, it often comes back to criminality and theft. So they're very interested in getting in there and, um, and stealing that information and then either again selling it on the dark web to the highest bidder, or you know, they might be doing it to undermine um, the individuals that are doing it or for having an effect, you know, potentially on stock price or something like that in the markets. If it's found out that you know a high-profile company is developing something and all of a sudden that IP has been breached. So there are numerous threads, and it's, it's, it's often not simple, cyber criminals gonna do this to achieve that. There can often be many, many layers. And then the last one I would, I would suggest that's um, interesting to them is, um, you hear a lot now about ransomware, and ransom is all about holding people to ransom. Um, and education, um, and higher education in particular, is hugely competitive, as we know, globally, not just in, in the UK. Um, and reputation is everything, and particularly in this COVID time or post-COVID era, one would hope, um, the ability to deliver virtually or within your learning environment is fundamental to what universities do. Now, if a cyber criminal can disrupt that or stop you from being able to operate in the way that you need to to deliver your value proposition, well, they can hold you to ransom for that, and, you know, universities potentially won't want to damage their reputation they need to be back to delivery as quickly as possible um and there may be cases where they choose to pay that ransom because they've just got to get back to normal operating as quickly as possible again cyber criminals know that so there's i mean there are many things but there's sort of three key points about you know why universities or or educational institutions are of interest to um to cyber criminals i mean i think
0: that's incredibly helpful because it sort of makes it much easier to understand if you're not a specialist in the cyber area when you start to think about well it's, it's obvious in a way they've got the data they've got the people um they're they're asset rich from the point of view of a, Absolutely, a, a, yeah. a cyber criminals. so why, why wouldn't they attack them and you talked about ransomware yeah um, and you you know and again the gisc survey i think uh highlighted that that's something that's seen by the, the sector as a real risk at the moment and um, i know we've seen some live examples of this over um the last couple of years but what other kinds of cyber threats you know apart from ransomware what else should universities be worried about if uh, in this area
1: i mean there. are it's like working in a, a tool shop or a workshop there are many tools to do a job and yeah. a really important point to note is this a cyber attack is not the end state it's not the aim it's, it's a digital tool, it's a, a, a digital rock for a window or a digital crowbar to get you access, it gets you access to do something. Yeah. Uh, and and there, are, there tend to be four things that a, a cyber criminal is after they all, or to do, their motivations. They want money, theft, yeah. we've already talked about. They want to create mischief because they can, because it's a way of demonstrating ego or credibility or, or building a name amongst yourself in the industry. Uh, they want to create mayhem, Um, And, you know, define your mayhem. It could be anything. You look at the WannaCry, which is the the cyber attack that hit the NHS. That created mayhem, um, and they can do it. And the last one is there might be a military context. uh, And and let's not get into what's happening in the globe at the moment, but these tend to be the four contexts where cyber attacks are used. And there are many different tools that can do it. So ransomware is just a process of locking you out of your systems. So you come in in the morning, you turn the desktop or your laptop and your power, and you want to be able to use it. All of a sudden, it either doesn't come on or there's a smiling skull or any a number of images that they're saying, you now owe me. Goodness knows how many Bitcoins if you want to get back in. Um, but how they get to that point, they need access. And, and the only way they can get access is by being able to um, infiltrate or, or penetrate the system. Uh, and that can be done in a number of ways. That can be done by very clever people dealing with code, um, manipulating, and seeing if there's any uh, vulnerable points in, in what we would call the architecture, the way that a system, a digital system, a digital portal might have been built. And they can look to exploit gaps. The thing with cybersecurity is, it doesn't go away, or cyber resilience. Um, you know, you you, what you might have heard of Patch Thursday out on in, in the internet. You know, when Apple sends out, or Windows sends out patches, they're doing it for a reason, because yeah. they're down to vulnerability. And, and so just, Point, please make sure you, you know, everybody at home and at work, you, you, you're doing that. Because if you don't touch that, there's a there's a hole, there's a vulnerability. Um, I use the example with clients say, look, when you go to bed at night, you make sure your front door is locked and your windows are closed and locked for your own security. It's the same for your digital systems. If they're not maintained or you forget about things, you leave doors and windows open. And mm-hmm. that means that a cyber criminal can come in and do something. So it could be a direct attack using, you know, coding and clever stuff. Um, or it could be through phishing emails. And we would have heard about phishing emails. And, 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 and do you know what? There are hundreds of thousands of access points to an institution. They only need to be successful once. Yeah. And we all sit there and say, I've had phishing emails. I can I know what they look like. They're not, you know, they're laughable, they're credible, but that, but that's not the case. There are laughable incredible ones, but do you know what? Cyber criminal gangs in particular, this is organized crime. Uh, mm-hmm. And they they have business plans and strategies and budgets and resources and all of these things which they can use to, um, to develop these products. Really credible emails. I mean, we're working with a client at the moment that's had their website completely cloned. It's mm-hmm. a identical. Um, and, you know, one of the things we're working out with them say, so why have they done that? What is their motivation? What's the strategy for doing that? Um, because you don't do that unless they have a plan because otherwise it's just a waste of time and effort. And so, you know, with phishing emails, you know, they can be so credible uh, that anyone, anyone, you know, the the greatest cybersecurity practitioner could be tricked. And if you're having a bad day, you're rushing, you're hungover, God forbid, or or whatever, (laughs) it takes one click. You know, we have to be lucky every single time. Cyber criminal needs to be lucky once. And then if you consider how many people email in from home into work, email into the network of the system, thousands of thousands of people, every single one of them, is a potential opportunity for cyber criminal to get in, you know, so that's, I mean, that's phishing. And, and, and you know, it's about the manipulation of people. You know, yeah. we could get into coercion, you know, we, we talk about espionage and coercion here, you know, people will build target packs on the individuals, if there's a very specific piece of intellectual property they want, you know, they will go after it. Um, and uh, humans are infallible, Every, everyone has weaknesses. And and, you know, this is this is back to spy games and, 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 and such like where people will look for weakness in individuals. And it does happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is there debt? Is there gambling? Is there other things? How can what money can I dangle? If you do this for me, I plug this into here or do that for me or do that. You know, here's a payday and all of a sudden they've got access. And it might sound far-fetched. It might sound James Bondy, Kingsman-y, all of that sort of thing. But it really does happen. Yeah. Um, so, again, there, there are many tools. I, I wouldn't want to explain all of them. Most of them come through a human being. Um, yeah. Quite a long uh, answer there. Hopefully that was useful. No, I, I,
0: uh, I, what, what was really interesting as you were talking was um, I, I was reminded of the fact that last summer the QAA and JISC put out a um, bulletin about uh, contract cheating and its relationship with cybersecurity in cyber crime. And I think it was, it, just as you were talking, it struck me that there is so much that you've given examples of that is a real life issue for higher and further education. So um, what the QAA bulletin said was that based on research done in Amer- in, in Australia, sorry, not America, Um, They'd found that uh, essay mills, so these people that you pay to write essays for you, were putting code into university websites so that students were automatically redirected to their website and perhaps believed that it was, you know, a legitimate thing to do. That once those students had then been drawn into using the services, some of them were then being blackmailed. Um, either just for money, or presumably, given what you've just said, they could then be used as being blackmailed so that you can get access to
1: other information. It's such a complex web, and the layers in this are, again, there was grand strategy at play here. The organisations that do this are incredibly uh, forward-thinking. And, you, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there. So, cheating you know cheating in unfortunately education has has always been a thing but the challenge now is exactly as you say how people can be exploited because if a website is cloned you know a student potentially goes there thinking it's the right thing they've put in their personal details they've put in their information you don't know just by going onto that website whether the criminals actually turned on your web camera and your webcam is you're now being recorded doing these things you potentially because when you when you click a link or when you go to a URL, unless you're 100 percent certain about the you know the domain address URL, um, actually what you're doing is you're, you're you know particularly with links and email you're hitting an execution button, and we look at it and say it's a blue piece of text which is underlined and it says it's going there, but it doesn't always mean it's there. You could be uh, you could be executing malware down onto your computer, spyware and, and, and stuff like that that you, you you know you just wouldn't know because you haven't got the skills to do it. Um, but I think, you know, I can absolutely see, as you said, if they've gone to a spoof site, they'll harvest data. So that's payday one. They can sell the personal data of the individual. Payday two, now they have access to a person that's attending an institution or a business. So that's potentially uh, available in terms of an access point. We can manipulate that. Payday three could be coercion or subversion, as we've just spoken about here. How could they be used? Four could just be, um, payday four could just be bribery of the individual because yep. they've carried out something and all of a sudden their, their future is in jeopardy because of, you know, they've carried out an act, which is, you know, illegal or, or you know, cheating or, or and all of those sort of things. So it's, so, I mean, I guess the next question is, well, what can you do about it?
0: Well, um, that was exactly what I was gonna to say to you because yeah. listening to that, it made me want to, you know, turn everything off, go into a bunker, uh, never emerge and sort of basically communicate by way of carrier pigeon, uh, which is clearly not the, not the solution. So yeah, what can we do about it? <laughs>
1: Well, I think the first point to say is we're already living in that, in this world. So, you know, hopefully for 95, 90% of people, we're surviving okay at the moment. Um, but we can always do more. And, you know, as I said, I, I can't say it enough to everyone, cyber resilience is now a life skill. You have We have to understand that we are living with this. And this is about being disciplined. Okay, it's very easy to go, oh, it's not working, oh, oh it's slow. Why is it slow? I just click this, or I'm in a rush, or whatever. Don't do that, you yeah. know, because you, if you're at home, if, if, if you lost the keys to your front door of your house, or you thought someone had, had, had um, got them and were exploiting those keys, you would change your locks, right? Yes. So same. think of a password to a login site as a digital key. If you thought someone had your digital key, if you use your analogy of your home, you would change your keys and your locks. You should yeah. change your passwords and stuff like that so the point is you know we're living with this at the moment and what we need people to understand is to be hard to hack that's what you're going to think because do you know what unfortunately there is no uh there is no perfect solution um because if you've got enough money enough time and enough expertise um a successful cyber attack can occur but understand that we're dealing with criminality and criminals do not want to get caught because then they spend time in prison and that's not fun yeah, you know and um, so actually they've got to say how can I achieve what I want to achieve in the quickest way without exposing myself and expose myself to potentially get caught so that that is a motivation that's really important to understand so if you are harder to hack unfortunately than 70 80 90 of everyone people out there criminals will probably go elsewhere mm. and it's the same for universities again unless there's a particular piece of research going on that they want. If one university is harder to happen than the other, they're going to go after the other one because 100,000 student records from one or whatever it is, 10,000 student records from one university or the other, it doesn't matter. You know, it's still money that can can be monetized. So, um, you know, the universities will deliver um, particularly for staff uh, and I'm I'm not entirely sure about students but um, some do will do cyber awareness things but you know what people go oh it's another course it's onboarding. I've got to do this once a year you know Uh, and sometimes it can be paid lip service too Um, and you know I can't remember what I did three weeks ago let alone if I'd done a course six months ago you know what what does it mean and I think it needs to be a mindset to say you know you've got to be disciplined in this because you protect your home, you protect your bank accounts and stuff. You've got to realise that this is all now interconnected. So I think, one, it's just staying aware. And again, as you know, through Shakespeare, MIT CSS, we've got a whole regime of education tutorials where we're trying to make people understand their resilience and and become hard to hack. So I'd say that's really, really important. And there's an individual responsibility as as well as an organisational responsibility because, again, particularly as a university, you have to understand that your students are a vector of attack against you. Yeah. So you can't just go, well, it's not my problem if they're they're doing that. Actually, you have an obligation or responsibility to say, well, I've got to help these people be more resilient because, in effect, it it protects me. So this ultimately comes down to having a a really good, comprehensive programme of resilience, of cyber resilience, to make sure that... You know because sometimes people do one thing or the other and think well, now it's great but actually when you when you when you strengthen one area of system it, it presents weakness in another area so it's yeah. about you know so we would always suggest having get a credible supplier to come in to do a cyber resilience assessment um, and that's done against regulatory frameworks internationally regular um regular, uh, regulatory frameworks of best practice that have been developed over the last you know 10 15 20 years and benchmark yourself what are we good at what are we not good at um, and then you can have a roadmap for remediation and make sure it's right. And no one has the money right now to pay for this, you know, and, and the time or the effort, because there's so many transformational programmes going on. Um, but at least you've got a plan, or at least you can then say, right, well, now we can forecast, now we can budget, now we can build a programme of education. You can do that, you can go on our roadmap. And, and God forbid that information is stolen and you have to go to the Information Commissioner's Office, for instance, and say, look, this, this has happened. It's much better to say, we've had this, um, but you know what we were trying to do something about it and and here's the steps that we've taken rather than going oh yeah we kind of knew it was a threat but you know what we we're busy and we didn't yeah. have much money um, and and so again there are many reasons to do it and again scissors sure can help with that if if, if people need it to be.
0: great I mean Mike thank you very much because what you've done there is make something which I think a lot of us know about in the abstract I think quite comprehensible and quite practical and that's I think great so thank you very much for that Um, and thanks very much to all of you for listening Um, we hope you'll join us next time so don't forget to hit the subscribe button and if you like what you've heard please do leave a review for now it's goodbye from me and
1: goodbye from me thank you for having me